Good word, David. Hallelujah. Let's stand up together tonight as ushers come and uh, receive the offering. <clears throat> it's good to know that God knows where we are. Amen. Every one of us are in a situation maybe where we... Here, Mark, I'll give you that. Where we don't know necessarily the beginning from the end, but it's but the word says God does. He knows the beginning from the end. And uh, it's, it's us believing, it's us trusting that even when we're in our darkest place, the light from heaven is shining. Amen. God does know. He does have an answer. We're going to make our confession, and then uh, we're going to share the word of God. And I've heard from Pastor Bill and uh, Sandy heard from Brad that they're, they're in Entebbe. Um, they landed about 4 o'clock our time. And uh, they'll be back up at midnight flying again into the next destination. But that is where they'll be until um, Stanley comes for them. And then he'll take them into the Rhino uh, area where the actual refugee camp is. All the children are safe. Nobody's sick. All of them got across the border without any kind of a situation. Um, but they did not get to eat for 12 hours. And uh, we have some pictures, I think, up there. Do we, Megan? Do we, were we able to get some photos? Could you put those up? These are these, This is when they first came, and they, um, they hadn't eaten for 12 hours or more. And they're waiting on food. And Stanley said they were cooking rice. And then there's, uh, this is just more of them where they're waiting. There, there were actually about 180 because we took the workers um, and their families plus the 140 plus uh, children. And then uh, this, this one I love, it's this little guy's getting, they're on the bus and they're headed for the rhino camp. Do we have that one? And he's, he's just smiling. Yeah, that's the truck's. You know, it wasn't a comfortable ride. You know, not everybody wore safety belts. Let's just say that. There's, <laughs> you know, wasn't that kind of a ride. And uh, so, but you're seeing what's on Facebook. If you become a friend of Stanley Lowe, Nathan, um, or my husband, who has now gone on Facebook, I cannot guarantee what you'll see because he learned a fast a track lesson right before he left. So uh, I don't see that one, but you can go ahead and turn on the lights. I believe that God, oh, here, look, they're happy. They're on, a, they're on a bus to where they don't even know, but they are happy. Everybody say, happy are the people whose God is Lord. Let's make this confession tonight. The truth, that's what we believe in this church. And the truth is what gives us confidence that our God is able. Amen. Let's say it. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Um, you know, my husband, uh, he, these are like they would be his children, all these orphans. And uh, so he gets very emotional when he talks about them and thinks about them. And so probably for the last week before this whole thing, uh, we really had any knowledge. There were days where we couldn't even get a hold of Pastor Stanley. And the last we knew, they were burning buildings close to where the children and Pastor Stanley were. And so it, it's been a real walk of faith to keep standing and believing that somehow God was going to deliver those children out of harm's way because it's not easy to move 180 people in a, in a minute. And uh, praise God, uh, they, they came across almost uh, all together. There were, you know, like, a, I think 60 
or 70 that came over, you know, they were still on the other side. But he, they were coming across steadily. There was never anybody who, uh, you know, any problem, which there could be because they have no credentials. Most of, most of the children, um, we have some kind of an age, but we don't know if it's right. Even Pastor Stanley doesn't know when his birthday is. So, uh, you know, they just pick a date, and they celebrate on whatever day they pick. And they guess an age, and that's, that's how they live their life. So to, to really cross over a border like what we know borders, uh, it, the Ugandan people were very, very gracious, and they just let them all come in. And because that's the way it's happening right now out of Sudan. People are fleeing everywhere out of Sudan. So be praying for that nation. Uh, certainly we have a lot of um, property. We have a lot of things that have been sown into that area. And they do not belong to the devil. They belong to God. And so, uh, you know, we've prayed around it. Uh, we put the blood around it. There are four men that are still there on the base uh, not that if that army came through, you know, they would be able to really, they would have to flee. But it does say there's a presence there on the base. But uh, as far as the children, it's an indefinite period of time that they will live where they are now. And that's why I'd like us all to agree that every bit of the financial need for these children will come forth. Right now, the only thing, the way we understand it is that they will have a plot of land and that's it. Uh, everything that is on that land, tents, any kind of facilities will have to be provided by whoever can help Pastor Stanley. And so he has really no way to do that. They didn't get to bring all their things. They didn't get to bring all their clothing. They did not to bring, didn't get to bring all the bedding. They just put them all in the truck and they left. And so, uh, it, it, how many of you received the email that Pastor Bill sent out? Yeah. And um, so we're believing for $20,000 up front that we can funnel. We have a bank in Aurora where Pastor Bill and Brad are about an hour and a half from the from the refugee camp where we have been sending money, sending our support each month for the last two or three months because we couldn't send anything into South Sudan. So there's a bank that's ready to receive the money, and we can get everything they need in that community. It's just that we need the funds to be able to do it. And he will not have the funds because he has no access to any people. His church, of course, is scattered all over all the people of his church, of the people of the school that he had in his compound. The only people that are with him are his family and all of the children and the workers, Every, everybody else is scattered. Uh, must be a, a really diff, difficult time for him to know that he has no you know, support, and that's why he asked Pastor Bill to come. So if you're wondering why Pastor Bill's there, he wanted to go, but he told Stanley, if I'll be a hindrance, I'm not coming, but if you need me, I will come. And he said, I really feel like I need you to be there. So uh, just continue to pray. I, I believe that God knows about it. You know, nothing catches God by surprise. And so God has known from the beginning that there's a situation there. Um, I'm believing that through the United Nations, somehow, through government help, they will be able to restore their nation because they fought hard to gain freedom from the north in the Sudan, and that's all Muslim. So they're fighting for Christian freedom is really what they were fighting for. And they achieved that on July 9th, uh, what was it, two or three years ago. But... Now they need an infrastructure that can support the fact that they're 
that they have a nation. And uh, so that's what we're praying. Tonight, uh, my word for you is keep getting up. Everybody say, keep getting up. And I'm not talking about every morning. You know, thank God we get up every morning. Amen. You know, you can, uh, when you look at things in perspective to how the world is living and what's going on around you, it changes the way you look at, or the way I look at anyway, my life on a daily basis. I get up every day. I have water. Uh, you know, I have restroom facilities. Uh, you know, I'm not in a situation where I don't know if I'm going to get to eat. And it, it changes our perspective. But when we're going through hardship, that's our hardship, and it is a hardship. How many of you know that's true? It may not seem like a big deal to anybody else, but if we're walking it out, it is a difficult time. And so I want us to turn to Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, we're going to start in verse 10 in the New Living Testament tonight. We're going to be looking at those scriptures in that uh, translation. But Paul, you know, Paul had many opportunities to overcome. But the book of Ephesians, uh, it says in my commentary that it was really written to give to uh, many churches in that time. But it was written directly to the church at Ephesus. And so it's it's a book that tells about uh, salvation. It tells about what Christ did for us. It tells about how to live life in chapter 4. We're not to live like the old man. We're to live like the new man. We're to be uh, full of the word of God. It tells about how God set up the church and how he set up the fivefold ministry to, to equip the saints. Everybody say equip the saints <laughs> to do the work of the ministry. Totally opposite of what most people think about that church. They think the church is the pastor's job to do everything. But the, the scripture says, and Paul said that there's fivefold gifts, the evangelist, the prophet, the teacher, the pastor, and the prophet. And those five giftings are called to equip the church. In other words, to help the church become all that God wants them to be with Jesus in, and that they all have a purpose. They all have a destiny and they're part of this body. And so in this whole book, uh, it's a wonderful book. Ephesians 3 talks about how we're to know the love, the height, the depth, the length and breadth of God's love. In Ephesians 5, it talks about the family, talks about marriage, uh, talks about children honoring their folks and, and men not frustrating their children to wrath. So it's, it's a book can, it's like uh, a manual on how to live the Christian life in six short chapters. But it gets to this place, and it says in this translation, a final word. Everybody say, a final word. So Paul's saying, you know, all these things are important, chapters 1 through 6 up to verse 10. But now I have one final word for you, and this is what he says. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of the God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Now, up until this point, he's not been talking about the devil. He's been talking about who they are. But now he's saying, now I've given you all this information, but I want you to know you are going to have an enemy. There is going to be resistance to what I'm telling you today. It's not going to be easy in the natural to walk it, but Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why did he say that? Because the devil is defeated. Everybody say the devil is defeated. And that is really the only hindrance that we have in the earth is our own belief system and an enemy who resists that belief system on a daily basis. 
basis. In other words, it's not just when you're in trouble that the devil's operating against your life. He's always moving. He's always looking for ways to bring destruction because he is the thief. Everybody say he's the thief. So he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And uh, in the world we're living in today, there's so so much evil that now is being uh, called okay. You know, it's just the way life is. You know, when I talk with my grandchildren, now, especially the youngest ones, the ones that are now uh, maybe junior high, high school, middle school, high school, um, you know, what they see, and even what my grandchildren that are in their mid-20s saw, it's, it's like a whole new arena, of things. And and I was talking to a young person today and I was talking about tattoos. And I said, you know, I'm not I don't dislike people who have tattoos, but I wonder sometimes where is their understanding of what they're doing to their body? She said, Oh, I love them. I just love them. Especially those ones that go all the way up your arm. You know, well I don't you know, our conversation was short after that because you know, I, I, I really, you know, I wasn't, I, I'm not against tattoos. If people feel to get tattooed, but for me, from where I grew up, from the word that I understand, it's like, you know, I, I don't have an understanding of why. I talked to my granddaughter who's in college. I mean, the, it's a real warfare. Everybody say warfare. Be, I mean, this word would, is good for that age group because they are at war against so many things that now are the right way when 10 years ago they weren't the right way. And now even those that are teaching them are saying it's the right way. And so, you know, it, it's sending really mixed signals to them. But as I was reading this, you know, I, we come out of a great heritage, we come from Almighty God. We are created in the image of God. We are the church. Everybody say we are the church. And, and we're to look different. We're to be different. We're, you know, we're to stand out in a crowd. And uh, I have a video that I want to show you tonight because um, sometimes people talk about the church and it's like, well, you know, those are the weak people. Or those are the perfect people who think they're better than everybody else. Or, you know, there's all these opinions of the church. But this man was on TBN, and he gives a definition of what it means to be a pastor. And it just cracked me up. Alicia Van Winkle sent it to me, and I just thought it was hilarious. Can we show that? People often say to me, they say, J. John, you know, what, what do you do? And it's always very difficult to know what to say. Because if I say to you that I'm a reverend, which I am, that conjures up certain images in people's minds as to what I might be. So I like to be a little bit creative in telling people what I do. I sat next to this lady on an aeroplane at Heathrow Airport. And I said, hello. And she said, oh, hello. And I said, where are you going? And she says, I'm going to Singapore. Then she said to me, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Australia. I said, what do you do? So she told me. Then she said, what do you do? And I said, well, (laughs) I work for a global enterprise. She said, do you? I said, yes, I do. I said, we've got outlets in nearly every country of the world. She said, have you? I 
said, yes, we have. I said, we've got hospitals and hospices and homeless shelters. I said, we do marriage work. We've got orphanages. We've got feeding programs, educational programs. I said, we do all sorts of justice and reconciliation things. I said, basically, we look after people from birth to death and we deal in the area of behavioural alteration. She went, wow! And it was so loud, her wow, loads of people turned around and looked at us. She says, what's it called? I said, it's called the church. I thought, now there is a good definition describing, you know, sometimes we look at ourselves as, you know, uh, we're the, we're on the defense, but really we're on the offense and we are a global, uh, corporate entity. I mean, we're all over the world and we're in every city and, you know, it may not be people who are just like us, but that doesn't change the fact they're part of the body of Christ. And so we are a force that the devil has to back down to when we know who we are. And so what Paul, I believe, was saying here is, you know, I've given you all this information to help you know who you are in Christ. In this church, we give, we, we intend to give everybody uh, information to be able to know that Jesus is their answer. Not Pastor Bill, not me, not Pastor Dan, Kelly, not anybody here, but Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. And so we give the word of God to encourage people to grow up in Jesus, to be able to hear his voice, to be able to walk out what he's saying. Why do we do that? Because people cannot be dependent on people. They have to be dependent on God. And that is the church. That's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul is giving them all this information. But at the very end, he goes, now I've got one final word for you. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And the reason he's saying that is put on God's armor. Everybody say God's armor. God's armor. So that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. The devil has strategies. And he he can take a long time to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. He doesn't start out with believers with a blatant lie. How many of you know you would maybe get that? I mean, there are certain things that you would hear. You would say, you know, that's the devil. But then there's these other ways that he comes. And he is very subtle. And I will tell you, I believe it's through our character. Everybody say character. See, it's, it's the things in our life. We have strengths and we have weaknesses. And I don't believe there's any person who is alive that doesn't have both. I don't believe that because we have Jesus, we don't have weaknesses anymore. Because we all are walking in areas that we come into as we go through life. You know, I've watched my mother. She's 93 years old. You know, she, is, she was a very strong woman. Very strong. I mean... When her eyes turn black and the whites turn blue, you are not in a good place. And we knew it. She was very strong. She could handle our family very well. And so now at 93, I see she's in a whole different kind of a world. And so now she's weak in areas 
where she used to be so strong. And yet God wants her to have the victory where she is. It's not, well, you know, too bad you're old. No, it's not like that. God, God has life for us, life abundant from the time we're born till the time we see him in heaven. I believe that. But we have to work at helping her with weaknesses that she never had before. And sometimes my sister and I, we have to repent because we get a little, we get a little um, under it, you know, sometimes because it's hard to believe that she isn't understanding what we're saying. But it hasn't anything to do with her wanting to do it. It has to do with her physical abilities. Well, we all walk through life and we walk through seasons. How many of you have been through some seasons that you didn't think you'd ever go through? But you have to keep getting up. You have to keep getting up. Everybody say, keep getting up. And you have to understand the final word is be strong in the Lord. And it says in the King, New King James, and in the power of his might, not in our might, but in his might. And that's why we have to put on this armor. We have to put on an armor that God gave us that will stay Stay off the devil. I mean, he'll tell him, no, you're not coming. You're not coming against me here. And, and we have many areas in our physical body where the enemy can come against us. The greatest one is our head. Everybody say my head. Your head can be a real major problem for the enemy to use against you. And so it says, for we are not, verse 12, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. You know, if we can understand that first and foremost, what is happening to me has nothing to do with people. <clears throat> Neither one of our presidential candidates are the enemy. The, some of the things they believe may be from the enemy, but they are not the enemy. The enemy is the devil. And when we understand who the enemy is, then we can really fight this fight that we're called to fight. And it goes, it says, not, not flesh and blood, but against evil rulers... And authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world against evil spirits in heavenly places. Everybody say the devil is real. Now, because in our society, uh, we don't as a whole society uh, accept that there is a devil. You know, everybody may have some kind of a God image. Uh, I know there are atheists and I know there are people who don't, you know, believe certain things. But, you know, the word God you know, people kind of get that. Uh, and and they're, they're accepting of the fact that you might, you know, serve a God. But Jesus and the devil, they don't like either one of them. Why? Because the devil is real. He's the one bringing the destruction. And Jesus is the one that has the power to stop it. And so those are the two entities that the world does not have any uh, desire the world I'm talking about outside the church to listen to or to follow because it brings them into a place of being under authority. Everybody say under authority. authority. And, and they don't know it, but they're already under authority of the enemy. But they, because they don't have an awareness of that, then they just think people are the problem. Everybody say, we are the church. We, the we know people are not our problem. It's powers and principalities. And so it says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil, which I believe that's where we are. Now, I believe that um, in this church, there are many, many of us who 
already know who we are in Christ. But when it comes to putting on the full armor of God, sometimes we forget a piece. Now, that may not be you. I may be just preaching to me today. But when I said to God, what am I supposed to preach on? He said, how about preaching to yourself? Keep getting up. Everybody say, keep getting up. Well, you know, this armor, I, I want to read this to you. It's, it's in uh, my little daily devotional by Joel Osteen. It says, life is all about how you choose to see things. You can complain about your boss or you can thank God for your job. Been there? Okay. You can complain about mowing the lawn or you can thank God that you have a yard. You can complain about the price of gas or you can thank God that you have an automobile. Amen. And he goes on, you know, there's other things. Uh, he said, years ago, I was driving a poor, in pouring rainstorm, lost control of my car, spun out on a freeway, crashing into a guardrail, almost getting run over by a huge 18-wheeler. Amazingly, I came out of that crash without a scratch. But my car was wrecked. A friend thought I'd be upset about my car, but I was just glad to, to be alive. I made up my mind to let his praise continually be in my mouth. You know, uh, when you put on the whole armor of God, you begin to see things. You begin to process things in a whole different way. Uh, it's when we try to process things in our natural abilities that we begin to begin, begin to get overwhelmed. And this is what he says, keep getting up. And so I thought, well, that's really good. Even if you can't see up. Now, are you ready for this? You might need to write it down. Even if you can't see up on the outside, Get up on the inside. Amen. So what that means is even when your flesh wants to say it's never going to happen, stand up on the inside and tell your silly self to shut up. Amen. It's true. We have to talk to ourselves. We have to speak to our flesh. Our flesh doesn't think like our spirit. It even says so in Galatians that there's a war between the spirit and the flesh within us as people. But the word of God is always truth. And when we're in that battle, the final word is be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And so this armor, let's go on. And it says there, therefore put on every piece of God's armor. So you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Now, you know, I know everybody's saying this is the worst it's ever been. But, you know, when my grandmother was alive, it was the worst it's ever been. And now, I mean, to her, because she had lived in a generation where, you know, there were things that, that didn't happen. I always think of, I don't know why I think of this. My mother had this apparatus in the basement that was called a mangle. And that's what it did. It mangled the heck out of the clothes, I thought. It was not an iron. It was this thing that you sat at, and it had your, your knee pushed these pedals, and, and you put the clothes on it, and it was a round, uh, you know, like a cylinder type thing, and you'd try to put the pant leg on there, and then you pull the thing down, and you'd try to steam it. It was a mess, a mess, a mess. And that was back in the day where you ironed the sheets, Thank God somebody thought of something else. Because uh, I'm telling you, that isn't part of my process, there in the sheets. 
Uh, you know, but we had to iron things, you know, on that mangle. And all I could think of was, this is, this is a mangle. It mangles. It's got the right name. It was, that's what she called it, a mangle. I thought perfectly named. But then eventually an iron, you know, we had an iron. We used to have a washer in our basement where my mother had to do that thing, you know, like this. And believe it or not, when I was five years old, we had an outhouse. See, I appreciate a hot tub. Do you know, to this day, because I've been overseas, when I get in my tub at night, I say, thank you, God, for this tub. I love this hot water tub because I have stood in freezing cold showers in places where it was a thousand degrees, it seemed like, and you, and you didn't want to be cold in that shower anyway. And that's the way people live every day. So when we're in this process of what seems evil to us or hard for us, that, that's, that's the way it's always been in different generations. We overcome. Everybody say, I overcome. I overcome. I put on the whole armor of God. My, my thoughts are guarded by this helmet that God gave me. It says, after the, then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. In other words, I am thinking that Paul's saying, we're going to have a fight. We're going to have battles. I appreciated what Tiffany said in worship because I believe it's the Holy Spirit tonight saying, we have a fight. Everybody say, I have a fight. It's a good fight. See, it's a good fight. Why is it a good fight? Because we're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And we're not going to be overcome. But we have to do what God says. Then after the battle, you'll be standing strong. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. Everybody say, I need to live the truth. See, the truth will evaluate every situation. And, and it won't matter how we feel because that's flesh and blood. So, you know, we're not listening to flesh and blood. We're, we're, we're identifying that there's a power and principality that is lying. That this is not truth. You know, this is, this is not the way it's supposed to be for my children. They are not supposed to be on drugs. You know, when we pray for my nephew... We, we pray the things that God has told us about him. The Lord told me you will find him sitting with Jesus and in his right mind. That's what I think of when I think of him. I don't think about what's going on in that prison. Now, you know, when I listen to other people talk about what could be happening in there, I have to go back to what Jesus said to me. Because that's the truth. Everybody say the truth. And so that's armor. That's an, that protects us from the things of the enemy. And it says the body armor of God's righteousness. Put on your shoes of peace. Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. How many of you know we have to be prepared every day? Every day, I can tell you in my life, every day there are things that come out of the blue that say it's not going to be all right. I used to say to my husband, when we first started the church, just tell me. Sometimes at night, you know, you think we'd talk about things that had happened all day. And I would say, just tell me everything's going to be all right. And he would say, honey, everything's going to be all right. I said, thank you. I can go to sleep. <laughs> Why? I thought, because he said so. I don't know, but it just made me feel better that Pastor Bill would say it's, it's going to be all right. You know, we all need people to encourage us. But the one that tells us it's going to be all right is the Lord. Because if it's not going to be all right, we need to know it. Turn to your neighbor and say, if it's not going to be all right, you need to know it. And the Holy Spirit of God will show you what to do to protect yourself when things aren't the way they should be. But if we're acting like everything's fine when it isn't, that is not a safe place. 
That's not the place we're to be. And then it goes on. So put on the shoes, put your shoes on of peace that will come from God's good news. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Now, um, I saw Jerry Seville do a whole series. He's a, an evangelist on this. And uh, he was putting on the armor of God. And the one thing that he, he said was, you know, when you have that shield of faith and you're protecting yourself, you know, the enemy will still be shooting arrows at the backside of you. And it showed him with arrows stuck in, in him, you know, in the middle of this message. The devil is always shooting arrows. How many of you have had some arrows shot at you today? I have. Uh, usually every Sunday morning, uh, I, I have several arrows shot at me before I get to church. And oftentimes it's right before I step up for worship, uh, that, or I step up to take the, if I step up to take the mic out of worship. See, the enemy is always trying to stop the power of God. He's doing it in your life. You know, have you ever had your children and, and you think everything's going okay? And then you get the call from the school. Well, guess what Johnny did today, you know. Oh, hallelujah. I love what Heather Harbold said to me. She said, I tell my kids, you get in trouble at school, you're going to get in trouble when you get home too. So make sure you're doing things right. Can I tell what happened the other day for you? It's hilarious. My sister, I have breakfast with my sister a couple of times a week. And those of you that know my sister, Chris, her husband went to be with the Lord last year. And, and so I have continued to just go to breakfast with her. Some mornings she just, you know, just needs somebody to, to spill it to. And we pray and agree. And, um, and so I'm at this restaurant and she says to me, I'll meet you at this time and I'm on my way. Well, I've heard that before. And then, you know, she didn't show up like for 20 minutes or something. Well, she didn't show up. She didn't show up. Not the people where we go, they're used to us. I say, you know, just hold her coffee till you see her. And uh, so finally, here she comes. She's rushing in. She sits down. She goes, oh, you wouldn't believe what happened. I go, sure, I would. What, what happened? She said, well, I was on the way over here, and I saw Tiffany's kids coming down the road, and they were going the wrong way. They weren't going to school. They are going the other direction. She said, these are my babies. I had to pull over. Well, I'm sure her three oldest had missed the bus, so she said to them, if you keep missing the bus, you're walking. It's not that far, but they're going to walk. Not near as far as I walk to school. So they're going to walk to school. And uh, so, but one of them didn't feel well, so he started back home, so everybody went home. <laughs> well, we all don't feel well, I guess. And so here they go. And so my sister pulls up. I'm sure they were shocked to see Pastor Chris. And she said, get in this car. <laughs> and so they get in. She goes, what's the problem? And they told her, if you know my sister, she's pretty, she gets pretty excited. And uh, what's the problem? Well, Joel's sick. She said, well, where are, where are all you going? Well, we're going with him. She said, why are you going with him? Well, because he's sick. <laughs> So she goes home, and they run in the house, and they say, Mom, Pastor Chris is here. Well, she's thinking, oh, my gosh, what's happened? Why is Pastor Chris at my house at, like, 830 in the morning, you know? And so Chris comes in and goes, uh, well, this is what they say. And so what would she say to you? They, they, they said that Joel's sick. And, she, and so she said, well, it, you don't look that sick to me. So, and they weren't. They, they had no fever. There wasn't anything wrong. So she said, you're all going back to school. 
And so Chris said to him, okay, kids, you know what the Bible says? We have to obey our parents. Everybody in the car, we're going to school. So she goes out, puts them all in the car, takes them, dumps them out at school. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, sometimes, you know, God, God is looking after things. Everybody say, God's looking after things. I know they were not as excited to see Pastor Chris as they are on Sundays. And, 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 but, but God knew where they were. Everybody say, God knows. And, and we pray over them and we do what we can do. I don't know where I was going with that, but I tell you, it was the funniest thing to me because I thought, God, you are so good because Tiffany has, she has three others getting on a different bus. So she can't just be everywhere at the same time, but God can be there. Everybody say God can be there. And so when we get up our shield of faith and we begin to believe God for these things and are strong in the Lord, he will get our back for us. He will cover for us, but we have to be on that page so that those fiery darts are not getting through. And, and I think pretty much now they'll get on the bus. I don't know. Although the alternative is Pastor Chris, and she is pretty funny about 8.30 in the morning. She's crazy. But, but <laughs> she's a little crazy early. But I just am so thankful for her that, you know, to her, those are her kids. So why are they going the wrong direction at that time of morning, she didn't just pass by and wave at them. She got them in her car, and she took them home. I think there's, there's things that are happening right now for us as people of God where we need to be in that place. We need to be people of faith. We need to believe what the Word of God says. And we need to be strong in the Lord and take our position and take a stand against the things that the devil's trying to do in people's lives because he is trying to destroy families. He's trying to destroy marriages, kids, everything that has to do with the family unit. Why? Because that's God's ideal. That's God's desire. And so this is, let's go on. It says to stop the fiery arrows, put on salvation as your helmet. Everybody say, I need something on my head. Some of us need more something on our head maybe than others. But you know, even a motorcycle rider is supposed to wear a helmet. Well, we're on a ride that, that we need to be fully in gear for what we're going to do. Because there are times when the enemy will attack your mind. How many of you had your mind attacked? He's very convincing. He's the accuser, it says. Everybody say accuser. Of the brethren. You know, I, over the years I have learned that... Um, when, when I hear things, how many of you hear things about situations? You hear things about people. Um, and then you have to make a decision. Is that the truth or is that a lie? I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit will tell you the truth. Because years ago, the Lord said to me, if you'll ask to see people through my eyes, I'll show you what's going on. And when you see what people are going through, then you understand more fully why they're doing what they're doing. Their response to what they're facing. But... We have to be able to see clearly in our mind what is truth. And that helmet of salvation. See, when you're saved, you are delivered. Everybody say delivered. You are delivered out of darkness and a mentality of darkness, a mentality of thinking evil thoughts, a mentality of being controlled by evil thoughts. Um, in, in situations where... Um, the enemy attacks people's minds. Oftentimes, it becomes such a foothold. If you're, not, if you're not thinking the kingdom way, everybody say the kingdom way. In other words, if you're not thinking the word of God, you don't have on that you are delivered from that kind of thinking. And you've been placed in an arena where you think like the word. 
Everybody say, I think the word. See, and that if you're not in that arena, then the enemy will get a foothold in that arena. And once he gets a foothold, he just builds a bigger case. You know, he doesn't just leave it at this little thing. He adds to it until finally your thinking is so confused that nobody can convince you that that's not the right way to think. In other words, you begin to think that those that are for you are against you and those that are against you are for you. And that's how the enemy finally gets a hold of people's minds. Uh, Years ago when I was praying about the the drug problem that we have, and then I read where when people are on drugs heavily, it does damage their mind. It, 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 you know, it destroys brain cells or something because they're not able to think like they're supposed to. And, and what God said to me was it creates a seared conscience. And that means there's a place where they can't anymore. Their conscience is seared. That means it's, it's cut off from truth. Basically it's seared to a point where they cannot receive. Well, I'll tell you, God can fix that. Everybody say God can fix that. I mean, he can heal anything, but He said, you have to understand that's what you're fighting. So you can begin to speak against that. You can't say, oh, no, that won't happen. Oh, yes, it can. Yes, it can. And so when you know the word of God and you know truth and you have on your helmet of salvation, you're able to stand against that kind of thing instead of believing every lie. I cannot tell you the number of times we've prayed for people that are in a drug situation and they feel hopeless. You know why? Because they've been told in their brain it's hopeless. And because their conscience has been seared to a point, they do believe it's hopeless. That's, that's why we have to keep on our helmet. Everybody say, keep your helmet on. Keep your helmet on. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I believe we are living in a more evil day than we've ever experienced, at least in my life. Some of you might have experienced more. But in my life, everything that I hear, it's like this is becoming more and more and more um, beyond, well, my husband says common sense, but it, it's like, how can people, where, where is their, um, their plumb line that says this is okay and this isn't? I mean, it's like somebody just threw that out and, and just, it's just a free-for-all. We have to know the word of God. Everybody say we have to know it. We have to know the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. That means whether things are going good or going bad, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And this part, I want to, I want to conclude with this and pray for me. This is Paul. You know, this is his final word. Pray for me too. ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mystery, mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains. So when Paul wrote all of this, he was in prison. It wasn't like he was free. It wasn't like he was in a place where everything was going right in his life. He's giving them this instruction and saying, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might when he's in jail. To me, that was like, no matter how bad we think it seems, we have got to keep saying, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Because it can look like we're being chained. I believe the body of Christ, the devil's trying to chain us through laws. 
that are in our country right now, trying to put chains on the church, trying to silence the word of God. But he cannot do that because we are a corporate entity, which is all over the world. Everybody say we're everywhere. You know, it it, it may attack one of us, but 14 more will spring up. Have you ever had those things that go through your grass? Yeah. And they just eat up, you know, they pop up here and they pop up. Groundhogs do that too. You know, I buck my, my, my brother-in-law, Mike Buckmiller, he had a pitchfork. And he'd be out there trying to catch those moles because they'd be running all over, destroying his grass everywhere they were. I'm telling you, it's time to defeat the lies of the enemy through the body of Christ. And we have the word of God. Everybody say the word of God. We can pray in the spirit. We have on the breastplate pray, plate of righteousness, the belt of truth, a helmet of salvation, the word of God, a shield of faith. And we may be in change. You may feel like today I am in a place where I can't do anything. That is a lie. We can do everything God asks us to do, and we can get the victory wherever we are. I was reading today about Hosea, and... Um, he was, a, he was a prophet, but God put him in a position. Everybody say, God did it. He had him marry a prostitute. And he said, I'm having you do this because I want to show Israel how unfaithful they've been to me. How would you like to have that assignment? He lived with her. She ran off. She was unfaithful. She had three children. It was the biggest mess. The whole book is about God trying to show his people first that he knew what they were. They were unfaithful. They had idols. They were worshiping wrong things. But what he really wanted to know was, I love you. And I want to help you. And if you understand that whole book, God never gives up on his people. Never. It's people giving up on God. It's people letting go of him and taking on these other things. And, and so he used uh, him to show Israel their fault. And you look at other prophets that had to go through things. We may be in a tight place as the church. We may be talked about. We may be put down. It may look like nobody likes you. Uh, They don't understand you. But that has nothing to do with the victory that we have through Jesus Christ. And it says in Matthew, let your light so shine that men may see your good works and give glory to God. Now, you know, sometimes they're not really given glory like we think it, but... When people see the church being who the church is, even if they criticize us, they still see. They still see the good works of the people of God. And there are people everywhere that need us to be who God has called us to be. It says, and, and this is, I want to leave you with this scripture. It says in Micah 7, 8, do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. Everybody say, I will get back up. I will keep getting back up. I will keep getting back up because we are not a defeated body. We are a victorious body. Amen. Let's stand together tonight. I want to, I want to read this scripture and then we're going to pray. It's in Matthew seven and you may be here tonight and about to give up, you know, situations coming. It's not to say Paul wasn't saying there's not going to be hard places because he says at the very end, uh, by the way, pray for me too. Because I'm not, in a, I'm not in a real happy place as far as, you know, I'd rather be there with you, but I'm in jail. But I want you to pray, not that you feel sorry for me, but that I have boldness. Everybody say boldness. To keep declaring the truth of the word of God. And, and I felt just to leave you with this. It says in Matthew 7, 24, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. 
like a person who builds his house on a solid rock. And though rain comes in torrents and the flood floodwaters rise and the wind beats against that house, it will not collapse. Everybody say that's good news. And you may be here tonight and feel like your house is going down. It won't if you build it upon Jesus and you listen. Because it's built on bedrock. Everybody say bedrock. In other words, it's on a foundation that's secure. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey, it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. I heard on the weather this morning, they were talking about all the erosion from the, the well, their hurricanes and just the storms that happen over on the coast. And uh, they said, well, is there anything that can be done, you know, um, because all these places along the beach where people are building, um, you know, they're, they're going to fall in. And they said, well, they just need to not build so close to the sand because that's what's going to happen if they stay there. The water is going to keep coming and there's going to keep being storms and eventually their house is going to fall down. Well, that's the way it is in the kingdom of God. You know, we've got to get our house on bedrock. That means what Paul said in Ephesians 6 is important. The final word is important. Be strong in the Lord, the power of his might, and put on the whole armor. You can't just wear a helmet and nothing else. You're going to have to, like me, every day we got to dress in that, in that armor, get ourselves all covered up so the enemy finds no place. Jesus said, when he comes for me, he will find no place. No place. And I believe that over all of us. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person here tonight. In Jesus' name, I thank you that we know the truth of the word of God. Help us every day to begin to, to think about that final word. Am I, am I dressed for this battle that, that is raging? Am I, am I dressed today in what you have given me to hold fast and to be that house that's built upon the rock? If you're here tonight and you've never received Jesus, your house is not on any kind of foundation that is secure. I think I know most of you that are here tonight, but I don't want to close without just saying if, if your life isn't right with Jesus tonight, let's pray and, and make sure tonight we don't leave here not knowing where we're going to spend eternity. Is that anybody in this house? You, you, you don't have that security in your heart that heaven is your destination should you not be on this earth. Is there anybody? Well, then let's all pray this. Let's just pray. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that the victory is mine through the blood. I am an overcomer, and I am able to know the difference between a lie and the truth. I ask you to help me to remain strong in the Lord, strong in your power, in your might, and help me daily to, to keep fully dressed and ready in every situation. I will not fall down and not get up. I will get up I will keep getting up. I will keep getting up for others that look like they can't. I will stand firm upon the truth of the word of God. And I will win. And those I'm standing with 
will win. I pray tonight for those who are lost, who are not finding their way, that you would send someone to speak into their life. Send me. Send someone who will bring liberty through their words and through their life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Well, keep getting up, okay? Keep getting up. See you Sunday morning. Get up. Hallelujah. (laughs) 